This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, back in February, Pennsylvania's Commonwealth Court ruled on a landmark decision. The way the state funds education is unconstitutional. So what could change when it comes to funding school districts in Pennsylvania? This week, lawmakers and experts in education are holding hearings to figure that out. I'm speaking with two journalists from the Philadelphia Inquirer who will break down why some districts are underfunded and how students and teachers really feel this impact. It's Thursday, September 14th. I'm Trinae and here's what Philly's talking about. Maddie, Hannah, you cover kindergarten through 12th grade education for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Trinae. And Kastori Pananjadi, you're a data journalist who's looked into a lot of numbers when it comes to how the state funds education. Thanks for being on CityCast Philly. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Great. Now, first, can you briefly break down the Commonwealth Court's decision? What does it really mean that school funding is unconstitutional in Pennsylvania? So the judge ruled that the way Pennsylvania funds schools is is unconstitutional for a couple reasons. Um, she found both that school districts didn't have adequate resources to provide a thorough and efficient system of education, which is a, a standard that the state constitution um, provides. But she also found that students' equal protection rights were being violated, basically because there are wide disparities between rich and poor districts uh, in Pennsylvania, that kids in, in different communities don't have the same opportunities. And so both uh, kids' rights to an education are being denied, as, as well as the gaps between school districts were found to be unconstitutional. Okay, so let's talk about how all of this works and those, those gaps. Some school districts in Pennsylvania get adequate funding while others don't. You report 80% of districts don't get enough financial support to educate students well enough. How does that work? Sure. That's according to a standard that's about a decade old when Pennsylvania last looked at the question of how much money school districts needed in order to provide an adequate education. That was the analysis that was presented at the school funding trial. And the plaintiffs essentially found that 85% of school districts in the state were falling short of the standard set over a decade ago. Here in Philly, we have the largest school district. Do we get enough funding for public education? Philadelphia is an underfunded district, according to the analysis that was presented in the trial. Like we said, that analysis is old. Uh, there will likely be a new one that is done in the future. But by any standard that the state comes up with in the future, we should expect Philadelphia to, to still be underfunded. How does this all 
you know, influence or impact students and teachers who are in the classrooms who feel the lack of funding or resources, like some schools have swimming pools, while others don't even have a library. So how do do students and teachers feel about all of this? I think that students and teachers, uh, particularly in in underfunded schools are or the schools that are most underfunded are acutely aware of this. You know, you you hear kids talk about kids playing sports, for instance, and, and traveling to different schools in, in their leagues and seeing what other kids have and knowing what they don't have and how that affects them, uh, their, their perception of the school they attend. Uh, staff in, in uh, these schools are aware of uh, what they could provide if they had more money, if they mm-hmm. if they could have smaller class sizes, if they could afford more instructional assistance, reading assistance, math assistance, uh, at provide more small group instruction and attend to kids' needs better. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, hope that there will be some solution that's that's crafted for this. At the same time, this this has been going on for, for a very long time in Pennsylvania, for years, decades, uh, really. So I don't know that people are expecting any immediate solution, but certainly there's a lot at stake here. And there's a lot at stake for schools that have been waiting a very long time for some improvements. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Maddie, how do we fix this underfunding issue? Well, (laughs) there's... The hearings that are happening this week, there's a a legislative commission that is convening these hearings across the state, and they are bringing together superintendents and policy experts and educators, students to talk about what's going on in, in their schools. But there's a few different areas. Certainly, the plaintiffs who won the school funding case and many public education advocates would say that the state needs to spend a lot more money on education. Mm-hmm. The judge in her ruling didn't put any kind of dollar figure or attempt to answer how much money is needed. Her ruling was really limited to saying the current system isn't working. These school districts who sued have have proven that they don't have enough. They're not meeting the standards. But just what that standard is and how much money is required is something that is going to be hashed out at the legislative level, really. And so 
the question of how much money is needed is going to be, it, it seems like a pretty big part of the conversation that's happening right now. So that's that's one piece. There's other pieces in how the state distributes money. Before we get into issues with how the state distributes money through something called the funding formula, Kastori, can you describe what that term means? Sure. <laughs> I can take a stab at it and I'll let Maddie uh, jump in. So as someone who doesn't cover education, when I came into this topic, I kind of assumed that a funding formula would tell you how much money you need to give a school or a school district in order to educate a student well. Right. Uh, in fact, that's often not the way that it works in practice. Funding formulas are actually allocation-based. So they don't come up with a dollar amount and then just like hand them out to school districts. They say, given any dollar amount, how do we give that to various school districts? What it basically says is, what is the relative need of one district over another? It doesn't actually answer the question of, how much money does a district need in order to educate every student that it's got well? Um, and that's maybe a distinction that's not so well understood outside of this policy realm. And also in your reporting, you say that in 2016, there was another funding formula that was created to kind of level out the playing field among school districts in the state. Did that not work? So that funding formula, it was created in 2016, and it is intended to send more money to schools that have greater needs, schools with needier student populations, whether that's kids in poverty or English language learners, and schools that don't have as much ability to raise money on their own. Because the bulk of school funding in Pennsylvania does come from local taxes, generally property taxes, rather than the state. But that funding formula, it was really just, it's a method of distributing the money that the state has. It's not a calculation of how much money students need overall. So it's really, it's not a comprehensive solution to school funding at the moment. Sorry. I'll be honest, when I was uh, thinking about all this funding, public education information, it gets complicated. But your team at the Inquirer created an interactive tool that helps break it down. Can you explain how your tool works? Sure. And I'll also maybe explain why we designed it the way that we did. To start with, the first thing that jumped out to me when we worked on this project was exactly what you pointed out. There are so many school districts that are underfunded according to the standard. And that's not something that I knew going in. I think a lot of the time there's a tendency to assume this is the Philadelphia problem because that's the district that's so often referenced as being perhaps the most egregious example of underfunding in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And it educates so many students, you know, for all of those reasons. But the truth of the fact is that there are just so many districts that are in a similar boat and that may or may not be apparent to the average reader and average parent as they kind of tune in and out of this debate. So one of the things that we wanted to really get across to people is how this affected them, that this wasn't a story in the abstract about a system that was broken, but this was a story about their community and how the systems that exist may be failing the students that live there. So the way our tool works is you go to our page, you enter your school district, and the entire page kind of personalizes itself to that particular school district, allowing you to get a sense of all of these factors. 
How reliant is your school district on local funding? How do your property taxes play into this? How does the 2016 formula that we've been referencing help or hurt your district? You know, And what at the end of the day is your adequacy shortfall, which is the sort of technical term for how much more money does your school district need per student in order to be able to provide a better education for the students that go there. Sorry, who is this tool meant for? Who who do you hope uses it? Honestly, everybody, uh, from parents to students to superintendents to policymakers. We've heard from a wide range of people already who have used the tool. And I think our hope is that anybody who uses it feels more empowered to be a part of this conversation and more empowered to be a part of the solution that we're all collectively charged with coming up with. Thinking a bigger picture here, right? So this week, lawmakers and other stakeholders have been talking about this conversation. Is there a way for parents, caregivers, or other community members to have a say in these ongoing hearings and what funding could look like in the future? Yes. Anyone who who wants to comment on this can do so online through this Legislative Commission's page. It's called the Basic Education Funding Commission, and their website is just basiceducationfundingcommission.com. People can can go online and submit comments. All right. We'll keep our eyes out for more developments with this story. That's Maddie Hanna and Kastori Pananjadi from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you both so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you so much. Thank you again for having us. We'll have a link to their full story in our show notes and check out basiceducationfundingcommission.com to submit your comment. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about how the state funds education, tell a friend rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly, to learn more about what else Philly's talking about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Friday News Roundup. Bye. Bye.